The Netflix CEO caves on Chappelle. The UK is mulling over killing online privacy. Food prices are rising. The shelves are bare. But Biden's mouthpiece says it's a good thing. And the spiders. I hate spiders. All that and more on today's show. Cinch it up and strap it down. The Random Thoughts Podcast starts now. Welcome to episode number 159 of the Random Thoughts Podcast. That is R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com online if you're looking for us there. That's where you can subscribe, donate, and do all that other cool stuff. But yeah, the spiders. I hate spiders. Not a big fan of spiders. The other day, we were sitting, watching the ball game, and my wife grabbed a little pillow that she uses, and all of a sudden, thrown it across the room. What's going on? Spider. Okay. No big deal. Couldn't find it, of course, because once you throw it across the room, the spider went a chunkin'. And the next day, found one just crawling along the ceiling. So I got the vacuum, stood on the chair, got the spider. And this morning, another little spider crawling across the area on the recliners. So I decided it was time to take a closer look move the little table that sits next to my chair and of course found another little spider between that and the chair itself and then became paranoid and looked in the chairs and vacuumed everything out i mean this is the problem with these chairs and they're a motorized home theater chair so they're pretty nice leather chairs but there's a lot of area in the chair that is just blank space. It's empty, but the chair has things so you can't get to that space. But I went in as good as I can see anyway, with one good eye, with a flashlight, looking in, trying to vacuum everything out that can be vacuumed out. And at least I didn't see any spiders in the chair. But it took a couple hours of cleaning and turning things upside down. Just to make sure, because I mean, I'm really seeing a spider in a room when you're awake. No big deal. You can grab the vacuum. Man, I got size 15 feet. So I don't know if I got a shoe around. Bam. You got a dead splat spider wherever you get it. But it's always that, you know, when you're sleeping, the spiders, what do they say? They're people swallow how many spiders a year. I don't know if that's a. uh Conspiracy theory. I don't know if whatever that is, if that's real or not. I don't know if I want to know. But if you have good tips on keeping the spiders at bay, that'd be great. I took some cotton balls, dosed them with some peppermint oil, and threw those into the body of the chairs just in case. Like I said, I didn't see any in there, but I don't want that to be a habitat. Because I don't really mind a spare spider or two, but the thought that you might have a nest of them in the chair that you're sitting on, not a lot of fun. So that was the morning. That was a lot of fun, but it's nice outside. So it was great. Went out, emptied the vacuum thing out. And I tell you, I wish I would have bought another bag vacuum. This vacuum, 
I mean, it does a great job, but the container that you have to empty seems like you're emptying it like every 20 minutes of vacuuming. Either that or the carpets are way too dirty when I vacuum. I don't know. But it seems like the little containers fill up way too quick. And then it's a real pain in the ass because you have to take them apart. Then you have to like bang on them to get all the dust out. It was easier when you just had a bag and it was filled and you put a new one in. Now you have to empty it out and then you have to kind of clean it out because it's still all covered with dust. You feel like you should rinse it out, but then you can't really use it if it's rinsed and wet at all. And there's multiple pieces that go inside and then there's a filter. But I digress. Going to the real world, the freedom of speech thing is again in the sights of all of the extremists who want to take your speech away from you. The Netflix CEO who originally came out and said, yay, Dave Chappelle, we believe in free speech, is now caving and saying that he just totally acted incorrectly on how to deal with these little crybaby employees that were so mad that they were going to dare to air a comedy special because they didn't like what was in the comedy special. Here's the thing. You don't have to like everything. People are often offended by comedy, but if it's funny, it's comedy. Some people may like it. If you don't change the channel, Netflix, that's the beauty. You could choose a thousand different things to watch. It doesn't matter if you like everything. And as long as they're giving you content that you like, then that's a great service. It doesn't mean you have to like everything on their service. That's just never going to be the way things are. That, oh my God, I'm so offended by what Dave Chappelle said. And the CEO, co CEO, I guess, in Netflix, Ted Sarandos, said, quote, I screwed up that internal communication. I did that. And I screwed it up in two ways. So he's all right. All of a sudden, he's, he's getting ready to be whipped by the extreme left because he did things wrong. He said, first and foremost, I should have led with a lot more humanity. What does that mean? I should have led with a lot more humanity. I don't really understand what that statement means when you're a CEO dealing with a bunch of crybaby employees that don't like the content of a special that you're putting out. What does that exactly mean? I should have led with a lot more humanity. I don't understand. He continues, quote, I had a group of employees who were definitely feeling pain and hurt from a decision we made. And I think that needs to be acknowledged up front before you get into the nuts and bolts of anything. I didn't do that. Okay, so you had employees that were feeling pain, literally feeling pain and hurt because they were running a comedy special. That is the definition of insanity, or at least it should be because people don't have to like the comedy again. Dave Chappelle, I've never really sat and watched a full stand-up set by Dave Chappelle. I've seen bits and pieces of this current special, and I've seen bits and pieces of other things that he's done. He seems like a pretty funny guy. He seems to be hitting some things right on the head, which is why people get upset. Because comedy, to be funny, there has to be a kernel of truth. And if you're hitting on somebody's truth that they don't want people to see, then they get a little bit more upset. But this Netflix CEO 
saying that he had employees that were feeling pain and hurt from a decision that they made, then they shouldn't be working at Netflix. If you are literally going to feel pain and be hurt because they decide to run a comedy special that has somebody saying things that maybe you don't 100% agree with, you should not be working for a company that is streaming video. Pretty simple. Or start your own and then see if everybody wants to come and just consume the content that you specifically think is appropriate. When you start bowing down to people because they say they were hurt or they were offended by something you or your company did, you've most likely already lost. Unless there's some very obvious thing that somebody just came out and said literally something very hateful or racist or whatever. But the reality of the situation is what is going to offend somebody or what is going to hurt somebody is completely out of the control of the person speaking the words. The reality is in this great big world that we live in, most likely somebody is going to be offended by any damn thing that you're going to say. So just what I just said there, somebody was offended by that. Can I control that? No. If I decide to not say anything that might be offensive, I can't do a podcast. I can't post on social media. I can't even say hello to somebody if I see them walking down the street because there's a chance that that idiot is going to be offended because I didn't say hello right or whatever it might be. So if you're the CEO of a company like Netflix and you're going to start kowtowing to your employees because they were hurt that you ran a special that they didn't like, tell them to go find a job elsewhere. Now, if they want to have a dialogue with you about what they did or didn't like about it, that's fine. But this whole trying to hold a company hostage and like, ah, we're going to quit. Well, then quit. Go work somewhere else. You shouldn't be at a company like Netflix if you can't stand David Chappelle being run. You think back on comedy. If you're old enough to remember what comedy looked like more than 10 years ago, then you understand just how ridiculous this is because David Chappelle is really not even all that controversial. David Chappelle is no Sam Kinison. David Chappelle, and I'm wait, just to be clear, I'm not saying that he's not that talented, but the way he delivers things, nowhere near in the somebody's going to be offended by it scale is he where Sam Kinison was, nor is he anywhere near where Richard Pryor was, where Eddie Murphy was, where so many of these great comics of the past, Steve Martin even. Just today would never be allowed to run the same bits because if you have to worry about offending somebody, then you shouldn't be in comedy. Andrew Dice Clay, his whole bit, ladies and gentlemen, was offending people. That's what made it funny. No doubt George Carlin is somewhere spinning over in his grave because the world is melting down. Unless you've been hiding under a rock, you probably saw the news that there was a British politician who was stabbed to death by what appears to be an Islamic extremist. So yay for Islamic extremists. And the response in the UK, of course, it's been very clear what needs to be done. 
when a politician gets stabbed to death by an Islamic extremist, the thing you need to do is take away anonymity on the Internet. Mm -hmm. Not a joke, as Joe Biden would say. This is what the UK all of a sudden is bringing to the forefront, which means it's been on deck and they've just been waiting for the right time to bring this out. And this is something we've talked about a little bit in the past and just how insane of a concept it is because the UK tried to do this with porn within the last two years. I remember talking about it here on the Random Thought Show. If you go back and do a search, I think the episode on that was called Porn in the UK. So they tried to do that. They tried to go, well, you know, you're going to need to show your ID and buy a pass and do all this other stuff. And then that whole concept just fizzled and faded away. Now on Sunday, on the heels again of this murder of the British politician, the British Home Secretary, Pretty Patel, yeah, Pretty, P-R-I-T-I, Pretty Patel suggested that the government may seek to include a ban on anonymity on all social media following the suspected Islamic attack. So let's just again see if we got this timeline right. British politician stabbed to death by an Islamic extremist. So we got to go after anonymity on the internet. I mean, you can make that connection, right? I mean, it's very simple why you would make that connection and go, well, let's see, Islamic extremists kill somebody. We must make sure nobody can be anonymous on the internet. I, there, there has to be a connection somewhere, but I'm not seeing it. If you're seeing something that I'm not, because again, crappy eyes. So you're seeing something I'm not, let me know. Darren, D-A-R-R-E-N at randomthoughts.com. Good old Nigel Farage, though, he knows what's going on, I think. He's quoted as saying, quote, everyone is missing the point. Sir David's murder is not about rhetoric in politics, but terrorism. If we misdiagnose the illness, then we won't find a cure. And yes, Nigel Farage, absolutely right. But I think this has nothing to do with the murder of Sir David as much as people wanting to kill all dissidents, wanting to kill all voices that disagree on the Internet. And we're seeing a lot of that right now here in the United States. We're seeing it in Australia. I'm sure they're seeing it in the UK where you say something that the government don't like, maybe about mandates, maybe about the vaccinations themselves. Maybe it's about the lockdowns. And you're being silenced by the face bags and the Twitters and all of those. Now, this is exactly what goes on in communist China. In China, all citizens are required to provide their government ID in order to be able to post on social media. Now, this is what keeps the authoritarian government in China happy. Because you're required to register and you can't post something anonymously on the internet in China. Now, the UK wanting to do this again brings up a topic that I have harped on many a times, which is the internet. For those of you who may not know, the internet is a worldwide thing. It doesn't just exist in the UK. Unless the UK is going to start putting geofencing around that island that they got there and keep out all the internet 
and all the stuff from outside of the UK. I don't know how you go about saying, for instance, if you're a citizen in the UK, you can no longer post anonymously to Twitter. Well, Twitter's an American company. I mean, I know they do business elsewhere, and Twitter, like Apple and Google, will bow to local governments a lot of the times if the governments have the ability to, you know, lock their services out and keep them from making money. But if you're in the UK and Twitter all of a sudden goes, oh, you're in the UK. So in order to sign up for an account, we see you're in the UK. And to sign up for an account, you must now provide us with whatever identification that the British government wants to ask for. Now, of course, everybody's still posting in the rest of the world can still post whatever the hell they want anonymously. So if the trolls that they're worried about are coming from Russia, China, the United States, wherever, there's nothing that can be done. And there is a thing called VPNs. And while they're not a end all for keeping your internet private, they certainly can move you to a different server in a different country, which means then maybe the people in the UK just have to use their Twitter by bouncing their signal through France or through Ireland or through the United States or through someplace that does not have those kind of draconian measures. And I don't see this being connected at all again with the death of Sir David. It was what appears to be an Islamic extremist that stabbed him to death. Maybe we should be looking at Islamic extremism, but no, no, the internet is bad. And this is something that the UK has to come to grips with. The United States has to come to grips with any place that is allowing immigration in that brings people in who do not like the country that they're coming into, want to do bad things. There was talk in the UK of having a program where people would have to, you know, pledge allegiance to the new country, take classes, do stuff so they can be more easily integrated into the country. And that may not be a horrible thing. Maybe you should be trying to keep people out who actually want to do damage to your country. But no, Joe says, everybody, come on in to the U.S. I don't know what the situation is, to be honest, in the U.K., but I think that was a big part. And correct me if I'm wrong, for those of you who are in the U.K. and know much better, that was a big part of the Brexit concept, which was they were tired of the open borders of having to allow anybody in to do whatever they wanted to. And there are problems when you mix two different groups of people with two totally different ideologies in the same area, because that's when things absolutely start to get crazy. So this is a really bad sign for the UK and for everybody, really, that the first thing this knee jerk reaction, because I don't believe it is a knee jerk reaction to the stabbing death of a politician is to. Well, anonymity on the Internet, that's what we need to look at. Uh, It's coming soon to a government near you. And I don't think it really matters what part of the world that you're in. Now, here in the United States, we're dealing still with some shortages. We're being warned, as I mentioned in the past, that your Christmas shopping, you probably want to get it done early. 
I've mentioned a few times about things that have been out of stock at the local grocery stores, while nowhere near as bad as what it was like when COVID first hit. The shortages are out there. Unless you've been living under a rock again, you've heard the stories about the supply chain issues going on. There's a lot of ships right off the coast waiting to get in, but you need the employees to get those ships unloaded and then be able to get whatever's on those ships distributed throughout the rest of the country. But prices continue to go up on groceries, on gasoline. So the heating season for the winter, which there's a lot of us out here in the U.S. who are about to start turning the heat on because the temperatures are going to be plummeting about 50 percent more is what you can expect to pay on your heating bill over this winter. Thanks to Joe Biden and his policy. So if you were paying 100 bucks a month last year, it's going to be 150 bucks this year. And a lot of people, and I believe this stat, I heard it on Bill O'Reilly's show last night. And if you haven't been checking Bill O'Reilly out, BillOReilly.com is a great resource. He talked about the fact that there is a majority of people, it's a little over 50%, I believe, in the U.S., who live paycheck to paycheck and never put a penny away in savings. And what that does is totally leave them unprepared for when prices rise like they are now. If you're living paycheck to paycheck and you're just making ends meet and the things you have to buy, like gas to heat your home, gas to make your car go from point A to point B, food so you know you don't starve, these things that you absolutely need are going up. People cannot afford them. And there was another crazy stat, like a third of people who have credit card bills are paying the minimum from month to month. This is leading to a big problem, a big possible crash, and things can go extremely sideways if this is not fixed at some point, hopefully in the near future. Right now, meat, poultry, fish, and eggs up 10.5% from last year. So you make some eggs in the morning, you buy some burgers, whatever it is. All that's going up about 10%. So you add that to the 50% more that you're going to be paying to heat your house, the percentage of gas going up and all of that. And you're looking at your checking account and wondering why, why there is no money in there. But the Washington Post, I mean, they have the answer. Columnist Micheline Maynard says, quote, rather than living constantly on the verge of throwing a fit, and risking taking it out on overwhelmed servers, struggling shop owners, or late-arriving delivery people, we do ourselves a favor by consciously lowering expectations. That is the Joe Biden rally cry, isn't it? Yeah, Joe Biden, lower your expectations. It just fits on a bumper sticker, on a t-shirt. Lower your expectations. That is the answer to the insanity that's going on in the United States right now from the Washington Post owned by Richo Bezos and the mouthpiece pretty much for the Democratic Party. She argued that Americans' expectations for speedy service should be replaced by more realistic expectations. So, yes, 
you crazy, horrible Americans. You go to the grocery store and you expect they're actually going to have bagels. How dare you? How dare you just assume that you're going to be able to buy what you want to buy when you go into a store? Jen Psaki, the mouthpiece for Joe Biden, actually said, tried to spin this, and I get it. And I applaud her for this because what politicians do, they take any news and they try to spin it into making it seem like they're the good guy, they did something good, or they're coming out on top. It doesn't matter what it is. And in the case of food prices going up, gasoline prices going up, Pisaki actually said that was a positive thing. It is good. I tell you, good that the prices are going up because that means people are buying things. <laughs> no, Janet doesn't. It means the doddering fool that you have to go out there and make excuses for every day, has zero idea what he's doing. And the people that have their hands up his butt and are controlling what he's doing, like the ventriloquist puppet that he is, they want the system to crash. They want this to happen. And this is what I've been warning you about for a long, long time, which is if socialism comes, if what Bernie Sanders wants and AOC wants and Elizabeth Warren wants, if this socialism comes, Everybody does not get to be Kim and Kanye. Everybody does not get to be Tom Brady and Giselle. Everybody gets to be a schlub. And this is the problem when dealing with leftists. That's the main difference. And I know oversimplification. So understand that. And if you still want to bitch at me, go ahead. Darren at randomthoughts.com. But the biggest difference between the people on the far left and the people on the far right, as I see it, the people on the left go, wow, it's not fair that those rich people have so much. Let's take everything they have and spread it around so everybody can then be poor. And the people on the right go, wow, it's unfair. Some people don't have as, as much. So let's build the economy so everybody can have more. Because when you get to socialism, when you get to communism, everybody gets to be the guy flipping burgers or shoveling the snow or sweeping the floors. You don't get to be the rich guy who gets to sit around and not work. That's not the way communism and socialism has ever worked. If you think there was ever such a utopia that existed on this planet, feel free again to let me know. Do your homework. It's always good to do your homework. But that's the problem. When the answer to these worldwide problems, when the answer is, well, let's take America and bring it down. Let's take money away from everybody. Let's take the way of living. They don't deserve to be able to heat their homes. No, they don't deserve to be able to have vehicles that they can travel anywhere they want. No, that's way too cheap. We need to make all of this. Very much harder to do. Nudge people in the direction of the way the green movement wants you to be, the socialists want you to be, and you need to wise up to it. If you don't see it happening, you're totally missing it. If you don't see it happening, your head is buried in the sand and you're thinking to yourself right now, wow, these Democrats, they're just dumb. They're not doing it intentionally. They are. They're doing it intentionally. The end result is a world 
that they believe will be more equitable for all. And the end result is we'll all get to live like it's Venezuela and we're in poverty and nobody can afford a loaf of bread, but at least everybody will be equal. So, yay, forget rising people up from poverty and having them make money. Forget that. That's not good to the socialists. That's not good to the communists because that's a bad capitalist system. They want everybody to be the same. And everybody at that point will be poor, destitute, very unhappy. But yay, at least then equity has come to the table. I will say it's very entertaining to watch the left eat itself. In the latest case that I've noticed, Margaret Atwood, who wrote the book, The Handmaid's Tale, and of course, the series was made based upon her writing, dared to post a link to an article, an opinion piece written by another woman who dared to question why we can't use the term woman anymore, because we've seen a lot of crazy stuff. One of these Lancet articles, I believe, referred to women as people with vaginas, which I mean, ladies, isn't that how you want to be referred to? We know that Disney World and Disneyland will know longer say ladies and gentlemen and children of all ages because you know that's not inclusive enough ladies and gentlemen not inclusive enough this absolute war on reality and this is why david chappelle pissed off so many people because uh he's like there's only two genders and um you know science i think backs him up on that and i have nothing against people who want to change their gender do all that i mean by all means be you Do whatever you have to do to make your life the best that it can be. But this concept that you can't use the term woman because it's not inclusive enough or man, whatever you want, not inclusive enough. That's just uh, pure insanity. And Margaret Atwood is a very leftist leaning person. But you dare to even question a little bit of this ideology from the extreme left and they will attack you. They will go after you like nothing you've ever seen before. And it's absolutely insane. I mean, you kind of understand at this point why the people in the UK are like, well, we got to get rid of anonymity. I disagree with that. I think people just need to learn that sticks and stones may break your bones. But names will never hurt me needs to that needs to come back into vogue. That caring about what the twits on Twitter are saying or the morons on Instagram or Facebook or whatever social media site might be your favorite caring about what these people say should really be removed from your list. Your life will be a lot happier if you avoid all social media and about the same if you want to interact on social media, but can just teach yourself that. Any of the insults or crap that people hurl at you on social media, just let it flow right over you. Doesn't matter. They're morons. They're there doing one thing and one thing only, and that is trying to cause division. And it seems like they're doing a pretty good job of it. But I applaud Margaret Atwood. I'm sure I don't agree with most of her political leanings. I did find her masterclass on writing to be phenomenal and i found her to be a lot funnier than i would have guessed 
you know, you see her and she looks like a very stodgy, proper older lady. Very funny. So if you get the chance to check out her masterclass on writing, would highly recommend that a whole lot of fun. And you might actually learn something and uh, go ahead. Keep using the terms men and women and let them try to cancel us. I am not going to change. I'm too old. Don't really care. Don't think I can really be canceled. So, I mean, bring it on. Do whatever you have to do. But I'm just a simple guy who will say simple things. And I like proof behind theories. I like fact-based analysis. I know that's radical. And I hate spiders. I do want to thank all of you for giving me your time checking out this show. If you like the show, tell a friend or five or 20. Help the show grow a little bit. That is always appreciated. If you're listening on a podcasting 2.0 app right now is the time to boost. I can see you. Send me a boostagram. Let me know what you're using. Is it the Breeze app? What are you using? Send some Satoshis magically my way. And if you're not on a podcasting 2.0 app, newpodcastapps.com is where you want to go to check those out. We do work on the value for value model here on the Random Thoughts podcast, which means I put the shows out there. There's no paywall. You decide if you got something out of the show. If you're sitting there right now, think to yourself, what did I get out of this show today? Put that into an amount that means something to you. Then go over to random thoughts, R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com slash donate. Click that donate button. Make a one-time or monthly donation through PayPal. Use the QR codes or wallet addresses to do the crypto thing. Or use the P.O. Box address to go the snail mail route with a check or money order or whatever that may be. They are all very much appreciated. And today we have an executive producer. A big thank you to Daniel Walraven coming in once again with a $5 monthly support all the way from the Netherlands here for the Random Thoughts podcast. And it is greatly appreciated, Daniel. I will be back next week on Wednesday with another brand new episode of the Random Thoughts podcast. But until then, I am Darren O'Neill. Thanks for listening.